I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in them, because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then, you know, who cares about what the others say? everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of we're in between the podcast that discusses about every single episode of as told by ginger once a week last time we discussed about the episode the right stuff where we saw uh, the dynamics between courtney and with macy this time around we're going to be discussing about episode 10 which is kiss and makeup right before we discuss about today's episode we actually have a lot of comments to read from the past couple of weeks so we're going to start reading the comments off from episodes five through nine of as told by ginger let's start off with episode five and i'm sure because it was a doty centric episode we're going to receive a lot of comments from a lot of people and guess what we did and it's been a pretty mixed review about of lice and friends so let's start off with the old schooling youtube channel this one comes from 138 Veronica, and she says, For the main plot, Dodie's attempt to move up in the popularity chain would have failed either way. In the scheme of things, Dodie doesn't seem to know what makes a person popular. She thinks that just because she's recognized for stuff, it makes you popular, and her plans have this as the main drawback every time. I don't think releasing personal information about people would make anyone popular, let alone a middle schooler. And she tried to take it out on Courtney, the one person who gave the most recognition for her announcements. How does she think that was going to work? In addition for saving Courtney, I think Ginger saved Do- saving Dodie from getting jumped by her peers and ostracized even more than at the start of the episode. The staff in the show aren't the best at regulating the students and their activities throughout the show, and this was the first episode to display that. I was part of the crew of the morning announcement in my elementary, middle, and high school, and something what Dodie would have pulled off would have never happened because our administrators and teachers would have shut down mid-broadcast. I give this episode a meh. WikiLeaks took lesson from this episode, just saying. Like the real-life connection there? Yeah, Yeah, that's hilarious. I never would have thought of that. Mm-hmm. Let's bring in the comment, and this comment comes from Brett E. Fox, and he says, This was my favorite episode of the season. I always loved hair-based episodes, like a character known for having great hair, getting a bad haircut, getting lice, or having their head shaved. I don't know why, but I love seeing perfect things imperfect. So Brett actually liked this episode. Uh, now we have a comment from somebody who didn't like this episode, and that's from No Parking Barry. And this person says, of course I give this episode a massive thumb down as well. Dodie just pissed the frick out of me of the way she acted. Nowhere near as severe as what goes down in season three, though. But to be honest, I almost sided with her when I first watched it. Like what you guys said, there was no need for Ginger to be so embarrassed about Lois being the one to check for lice. One time, I asked fellow Ginger reviewer DB Doobie which episode grew the beard for the show. And she said, of lice 
and friends because it somehow established the characters and their roles even further. Of course, I disagreed. I thought Hello Stranger was the one because when the show really established itself as the touching, relatable, Emmy-nominated Nicktoon we all respect it as, I can't wait for you guys to talk about it again soon. Yeah, interesting sort of two sides of the spectrum of opinions on this episode between you and your friend. That's sort of what we were feeling too. And internally, I feel the same way. I Part of me loved this episode and part of me didn't like aspects of it. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting how much feedback we got on this one. All right, I'm going to read two more comments. We got a lot of it. Just want to let everybody know. Um, this one comes from Kia Clark and she says, I like this episode simply because it reminded me on how morning announcements were so strict and boring at my middle school. It certainly would have been interesting to have one of the anchors spilling some tea about the shenanigans of the school, LOL. However, you guys are right. The teachers definitely should have intervened when Dodie was speaking out of line about the other students. How would she like it if someone told everyone that she had lice? I feel that Dodie is an opportunist, and she doesn't, and that doesn't make a very good friend. Even though I love Macy and her tender personality, I feel like she could have done more to back up Ginger when she was telling her that she should focus on the real announcements instead of going with the flow. However, they're just middle schoolers, and that's what ends up happening. And let's read off one more comment about this topic. And this one comes from Pocketbook. And he says, I give this episode a meh. Despite Dodie being manipulative and almost ruining Courtney's reputation and she and Ginger getting into a fight, I feel that the episode was good up to that part. I feel that the ending where Dodie apologized for what she did felt genuine, sort of made up her actions in the episode. Besides, this is nowhere near Dodie's worst appearance. What until you guys talk about Wicked Game or Dodie's Big Break? I wouldn't call this episode terrible, but I can definitely see why many people wouldn't like Dodie here. But that fight aside, I thought it was mostly solid. And I do like the that jo- Dodie apologized in the three-way phone call at the end, which satisfied it a little bit more. So I just give it a meh. All right. Now let's go over to our comments about the episode Dare I Darren. And we only have a handful of comments about that. So um, we're going to read off from DroidSys515. And she says, the funny thing about this episode for me is the fact that I'm sort of on Miranda and Mipsy's side on the Ginger slash Darren thing. Regarding Mipsy's statement, although I don't agree to with the extreme that she, that she suggests, I like the idea of going friends first before considering a relationship. Though I do understand what's on the line with a couple idea like Ginger slash Darren. On the subject of Miranda's statement of saying that they make a cute couple, they kind of do uh, just in my opinion long story short ginger slash darren for the win i'd have to agree with you there for sure uh we have a comment from mia and she says i'm not even surprised about the pituitary gland and sex talk for this nick kid show nick has always mentioned stuff like this on their shows i know rocco had a lot i never noticed any lesbian attractions going on when watching the show i think that's normal for kids to be obsessed with their friends when you're really young you want to have a lot in common with your friends and even be like them to a point maybe that's just me totally agree with how confusing and easy it is to get crushes on people when you're young and even when you're not that young sometimes. All right, now we actually did get a few comments about Hello Stranger, which, you know, we had a really awesome time discussing about this. So we actually do have some things to share, which is actually really interesting. Uh, Going back to No Parking Barry again, he says, since I knew what I was getting, I instantly liked this video. This is my favorite episode you're talking about, and not even I memorized the poem by heart yet. Way to go, Patricia. Thank you very much. He also shared with me on his Twitter page, 
fan art on on the episode Hello Stranger because apparently the day that we posted the Hello Stranger discussion it was National Poetry Day so he actually did do a fan art drawing of Ginger reading off the poem which we'll definitely post a picture right here on the screen so thank you so much for sharing No Parking Barry and one more comment that I want to bring up is from Lord Malachite and he says one of the greatest episodes from one of the greatest series ever to come out on Nickelodeon this is where I extrapolated the idea of my own kind of meta fan fiction for As Told by Ginger, Hello Strangers. Rather than being a fanfic about things happening to the characters, I actually wrote it as a series of columns penned by a 21-year-old Ginger Foutley and her struggling challenges of life as an adult. While not the most popular thing I've ever written, I've actually gotten a lot of reviews and personal emails over the years telling me that columns infected them personally in a positive way and that I kept the spirit of Ginger alive for them. I would have never been able to do it without the direct inspiration I got from this episode. Emily Kapnick just really knew how to pack so much into a 22-minute script, and to be told I was worthy of her amazing and special creation had made me feel like the experience of writing these columns had been worth every minute. He actually left a link on the description. I'll definitely post it. So it's uh, fanfiction.net, and it's titled Hello Stranger. So once again, Lord Malachi, thank you so much for sharing that. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm going to have to hold off on that for spoilers sake until we're done with the whole thing, but definitely want to check it out. Absolutely. Okay, now let's go into Cry Wolf, and this is uh, once again from uh, Pocketbook. He says it's on the We're In Between forums this time. He said, I like to talk about the episode you talked about on the podcast, Cry Wolf. I'm sure this is a very unpopular opinion, but I actually enjoyed this episode. I could definitely see where a lot of people would hate this episode, with Dodie revealing Ginger's deepest, darkest secret to Miranda, but I didn't find it too bad. What makes what I think makes it work is the fact that Dodie revealed Ginger's secret by accident. She didn't tell Miranda Ginger's secret willingly. It just slipped out. It wasn't Miranda saying, if you tell me Ginger's deepest, darkest secret, I'll get you into the popular crowd that would have made the episode completely different so as we because as we know Dodie can be very willing to get into the popular crowd even at the expense of others see the previous episode of licensed friends but instead Miranda tricked Dodie into thinking Ginger and Courtney were friends and that made Dodie unintentionally spill the beans it's weak sure but I can buy it not to mention the fact that unlike of licensed friends and many of the other upcoming episodes about Dodie you guys are going to have a real who talking about those episodes. I'm sure we will. Dodie owns <laughs> up to what she did and even apologizes. Sure, she apologizes in Of Lice and Friends, but at the end of the episode on the three-way phone call, plus her fight with Ginger really bringing out the episode was a lot for me. If it hadn't been for Ginger and Dodie's fight, then I would have considered Of Lice and Friends good. Dodie also tries to make things better by trying to shave Ginger's legs, and it was revealed that with Carl shaving Ginger's ankles, giving the illusion that her entire legs were shaved. And the resolution here felt more satisfying than Of Lice and Friends. So I think Dodie is a better character here than Of Lice and Friends. And uh, if you think her behavior in this episode of Lice and, F- or, or of Lice and Friends was terrible, oh, wait till you get to that. I-, I get it. Thank you. And of course, Carl's story is hilarious. Him being wolf boy and growing hairier and hairier as the episode goes on is a laughing riot. This is one of the few episodes of the show where I prefer Carl's story as opposed to Ginger's. I think that's why the episode is called Cry Wolf because of Carl's story. Or maybe because it could be called that because Dodie blabs something that she shouldn't have, which reminds me of the story of the boy who cried wolf. Maybe it's for both reasons. So in all, I give it a low yay. Still a drop from Hello Stranger, any other episode of As Told by Ginger, except for maybe Butterflies Are Free, but good nonetheless. Yeah, uh, another quality comment as always, Norbert. 
Um, I agree with most of these points. I would agree with your low yay assessment on this episode. Uh, Can I read the next comment, Patricia, the short but sweet one? Absolutely. Our next comment on the forum is from Kia Loves Volleyball, a new member, and uh, she says, Miranda can be so evil, and Dodie really could use a lesson in keeping secrets. And I read this comment because it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point, and that sums up my opinion on both of those characters perfectly. So yeah, thank you very much for that, Kia. All right. Uh, oh, this is actually a really good one on the uh, Old Schooling YouTube channel. This is from Pink Glitter. And she says, I wasn't allowed to shave my legs until I was 15. I was ashamed of it. And there was that girl bully who, that wouldn't miss a chance to laugh at me for my legs. But my mother was like, they're blonde and barely visible. Just wait a couple of years. So yeah, Ashley, I'm sure that our five minute ma- monologue about shaving legs really paid off for this person because she went through the same thing. Okay, so let's just read off a few more comments. So this is from the most recent episode, The Right Stuff. So this is from 138 Veronica, and she says, As a lifeguard for a summer outdoor pool, I thought Will was one of the most unprofessional uh, leagues, uh, LGS, I, I don't know where that's from, I've ever seen for a high school student. You're not supposed to allow chicken fights due to the risk of neck and back injury, and throwing people in the pool is a no-no for similar reasons, especially if they have metal. I find it very convenient that Miranda wasn't at the pool party because if she had, she would have been suspicious of Ginger's frizzy lizzies being covered up by her swimsuit. Plus, the chicken fight would have turned out to be a cat fight when the high school girls ripped off Courtney's bra. Also, I find it funny that the two high school girls were essentially describing themselves when they trash talk about Courtney in the bathroom. Okay, so I want to read off two more comments, and this is from the um, the We're In Between forums. Uh, this is one from As Told By Ginger Reviewer, and this person says, I would like to say that I think Ginger is an incredible character. She deals with the common struggles of a preteen wanting to fit in and be popular. However, aside from the Ginger the Juvie episode, she almost never compromises her character of doing what is right for the purpose of being accepted into the cool crowd. This is confirmed by Courtney when she said in the A ticket that she was fascinated that Ginger stayed Ginger even around Ian Richton, a guy that she's had a major crush on. Uh, what I also like about Ginger is that she chooses her best friends over the popular kids, even Courtney. This is again shown in the talent show episode where Courtney and Miranda ask Ginger to be part of the talent show, but Ginger politely declines and she explained to them that she always does her act with her best friends, Dodie and Macy. What really resonates to me was by the third season, Ginger stops caring and she focuses more on her friends and family. On a side note, I think it's a bit surprising when contrasting Ginger and Dodie. Dodie continues to remain obsessed with popularity and even backstabbing Ginger on more than one occasion. I wonder why Ginger and Dodie remain best friends considering even Courtney is a better friend to her than Dodie ever was. In all of this, this is probably one of my favorite shows of all time and although the series has ended, it makes me happy to see that there are still people talking about it. Yeah, that's a, a solid roundup of the whole show. I feel the same way. Okay, and this is our final comment from the We're In Between forums, and I actually showed this to Casey and Ashley, you know, b- just beforehand, and tr- uh, comments like these are one of the major reasons why we do We're In Between. Uh, this is from Rachel. She says, Dear Patricia, Ashley, and Casey, I'm a big fan of As Told by Ginger and your podcast, and I wanted to write in and agree with what you were saying in your review of The Right Stuff and how As Told by Ginger was influential and relatable for a teenage slash preteen girls and offer my own perspective on how it helped me when I was that age. I'm transgender, and As Told by Ginger came around the same time I started to realize that there was something different about me when I was in the 6th or 7th grade. I didn't get to transition until I was a bit older, 
But seeing Ginger and her friends let me feel like I could at least vicariously experience some of the things other girls went through that I knew I was missing out on. Sometimes I feel like a told by Ginger and my Judy Bloom books kept me hanging on throughout that part of my life where I was at the point where I could come out and live as myself. Thanks for doing what you're doing and bringing attention to a classic show that has gone forgotten by many for too long. No, thank you so much for this comment, Rachel. This is really awesome and we really do appreciate this. Yeah, that's awesome, Rachel. It really made my entire week to see this uh, this comment. And uh, as a fellow LGBT person, I wish you the best. And I'm really happy you're along on this ride with us. All right. That is it for the comments. Once again, thank you so much for all your wonderful comments. And we will definitely come back in the next month and read off more of your comments in the next coming episode. So with that said, let's begin. All right. So in this episode, Kiss and Makeup, another great title, which I'm sure I'll analyze later. Uh, after Lois tells Ginger she is not allowed to wear makeup for her school picture, Ginger, Dodie, and Macy create fake up. In our B plot, Carl and Hoodsy ride with the garbage man Dwayne to Protected Pines, the Gripplings neighborhood, where they find Blake's embarrassing baby blanket. Yeah, this one covers a couple of big main things I feel like we all struggled through. One being school pictures, which I hate pretty much any of them that I've ever taken in my life. Yes, I also hate school pictures as well because I'm going to be posting this on the Where In Between forums if you want to go check that out or if you follow me on YouTube. I'm actually going to post it right here on the screen, but I actually have one of my old pictures from my old school picture day. I'm going to send this over to Casey and Ashley right now so they can see how disgusting I look. So give me (laughs) one second. So yeah, what you're seeing on the screen or on the Where in Between forums, that is me when I was five years old. And God, look at me. Oh, that's awesome. I have my hair that's poofed up that looks like something that you see in the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. I was losing my teeth and I have this awful dress with pink flowers and you can see the neon lasers in the background. Yeah, what is up with that? In the 80s Uh and 90s, we had this, there was this thing in which they had like the neon lights and lasers. So yeah, that was a thing back then. was very neutral when I, it was like a light blue i think i had like a, a choice actually we could choose between like if we wanted blue or gray or red but they were still pretty pretty neutral overall yeah that's wow well at least you're not wearing fake up <laughs> i don't think i was allowed to do a fake up at five years old well neither was ginger i was gonna say ginger wasn't specifically allowed to not do fake up Oh, that's true. (laughs) Okay, moving on and getting rid of this ugly picture. First of all, I'm sorry. Okay, so continuing on with the plot synopsis. So Chet announces that school picture day has been moved to an earlier date and they start freaking out. Courtney freaks out. Ginger freaks out. Everybody freaks out. And we even get to that relatable um, scene in which uh, Ginger, Dodie, and Macy are looking through their old school pictures and they're really embarrassed by it, including me. (laughs) (laughs) And they're, like, fine, the pictures. It's like, no one really cares about school pictures once they're sort of done with. Although that's not necessarily fair. My friend Jay and I went through our high school yearbook the other day and just sort of tore everyone to shreds, including ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, I do not like to look upon my old pictures, personally. I look a lot better now, so it's got that going for me. You keep telling yourself that. We'll see what you think in five years, Ashley. Hey, now. (laughs) Oh, I, want, I have another Macy quote to share right at the top of this episode. There, uh, Ginger is on the phone with her mom, and she goes, Is that your mom? And Ginger says yes, and she goes, Tell her I said hi. And then there's a pause, and then she goes, Tell her! <laughs> but she does, but 
Yeah. They're going to the store because her mom needs some fungus cream or something. And Ginger's, like, trying to figure out where it is. And they're like, oh, why don't you, like, ask somebody? And she's like, what? I'm supposed to ask, like, what aisle has embarrassing things for parents? And this employee just goes, like, aisle 14. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This show is funny. I think I didn't expect it to be as funny as it is. I laugh out loud pretty much every single episode. Yeah, it's not a comedy, but it's funny. Yeah, I felt the same way when rewatching the original Sailor Moon anime, in which I hadn't seen that show for such a long time. I saw it as a kid, then when I moved away, I never saw it since, and then I saw it recently for a podcast I was doing in honor of its 25th anniversary, and I was like, man, this show is so funny. Um, you know, there were so many quotes that I remember and stuff like that. So yeah, some you know, um, a show like Ginger, you would think it would be like, Oh, it's a show about teenage girls. It should be, like, dramatic. But no, it actually has some good humor in it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, oh, an interesting revelation about Courtney sort of happens. Nothing new, per se, but it sort of reinforces what we know. Courtney happens to be at the store at the same time. Courtney and Miranda. And she walks up to Ginger, Dodie, and Macy. And she sees the whole group. And she just says, Ginger! Like, she doesn't even see the other two. I thought that was kind of subtle, but telling about their how she feels about them. Yeah, clearly Ginger is her main obsession, so to speak, and we see in pretty much any time they interact is her main focus. They're all getting cosmetics, which makes the other girls, makes Ginger and them all want to buy some as well, because they need them for picture day, and they realize that makeup is actually really expensive. Fun fact. It is, in real life. Well, it depends. Whatever. Um... <laughs> And so they end up going back home and they break one of the first rules, which is that they're not allowed to be in Lois's bathroom when Lois isn't around. Yeah, exactly. They're not allowed to be in her bathroom, period. Yeah, she's more strict than I remember. We've talked about this, and I know Lois really develops more as a character later on in the show. I mean, okay, we had Hello Stranger, so we ha- we have seen Lois be the Lois that we know and love, but she's also pretty strict, and I think that's a credit to her parenting, but also sometimes it's a little over the top. Yeah, but here's the thing. In this episode, I actually kind of understand why she bans Ginger from putting on makeup until high school because, you know, maybe for her makeup is revealing to be too much adult. You know, as opposed to like, oh, you can't shave your legs because of some superstition or whatever. So I guess I kind of understand that, but yeah. Um, In this, I mean, we kind of do see that Lois does have kind of strict guidelines, but um, in this one, I kind of understand a little bit. Yeah, and it's definitely real. I can tell you I personally, my mom let me wear makeup when I wanted to wear makeup. Like, the first time I brought it up to her, she was like, if you want to go for it, you can go for it. That's on you. Um, Partially, also, because fun fact, I got acne really young, and so that was bad, and I wanted to wear makeup on it, and she understood. And it's a double-edged sword, because the more you cover it up, the more acne you get. Not if you wash it properly. That's true. I, I think I was allergic to the stage makeup, so I would, like, cover up for theater. I would, like, cover up acne, and then it would only get worse. If you use the right things, it's not. And if you buy the right makeup that is meant for... Anyways, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> well, that's but okay. I mean, we I did know. talk about, you know, for the, for five minutes uh, a couple of weeks ago about shaving legs. So I guess makeup <laughs> is okay. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but moral of the story, I know that I had plenty of friends whose parents were, or usually mothers specifically, were very against them wearing makeup until insert age here. Which, you know, I I get it. I get that it's, like, more adult. I just feel like, to an extent, it's one of those things that doesn't really harm you to do. And 
I feel like to an extent it's like whatever age your kid wants to do it. Usually, too, you have a couple of years when you first start wearing makeup, which as we see in this episode, where you don't know what you're doing and it looks horrible and getting those out of the way earlier is probably better than starting out in high school and making the same mistakes I did. <laughs> it's a process. Yeah. And so now we cut into Carl and Hoodsy's plot. So they're taking out the garbage and they meet up with Dwayne, who uh, is the garbage man. And Dwayne was actually referenced a little bit in last week's episode of uh, Soul by Ginger, which the earwax that they got for their science experiment was from Dwayne. Oh, you're right. I didn't. I watched these back to back and I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, well, again, continuity. Right, and you don't know who Dwayne is at the time, really. But they do have this, when they're talking to Dwayne, and Dwayne is awesome, by the way. He's so far one of my favorite secondary characters. And they're, they just love this guy. And as he's driving away, Carl yells, you have the best car, or no, he hands them a, like, uh, a urinal cake sort of uh, sanitizer thing and says, hey, I found this in the trash. Like, it'd be a great hockey puck. And Carl says, you have the best garbage, which is Ashley, I feel like, fans' reactions to the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. <laughs> like, we are, we are the best garbage. <laughs> we are indeed. So Dwayne invites them over for um, a day of collecting garbage, which he calls Fat Friday, not to be confused with Fat Tuesday. He invites them saying that I have a place, I know a place where the garb, where the, the phallus of garbage smells sweet, and he tells them to meet him at 5 a.m. So now they have plans to meet up with Dwayne at 5 a.m. And in the meantime, uh, Ginger, Dodie, and Macy are going to go inside Lois's bathroom, even though that they know that they're not allowed to go in there. And so when they do go in there, they're playing around with uh, Lois's makeup and trying everything on. Yeah, and they, like I said, the first time you're wearing makeup, you just kind of put on a lot of it because you think that's how this is supposed to work, is I should put on a lot of it. Fun fact, for any of you who haven't figured it out yet, it's not really the best way to go about these things. <laughs> and I think in their minds they thought they could get away with it and that Lois maybe wouldn't notice, but again, if you've ever seen somebody who's putting on makeup for the first time, it's very apparent that they're wearing it. It's not, it's not any kind of subtle. And I think, I don't know who it is, but one of them didn't put the cap back on perfectly on the lipstick. And so when Lois gets home, she notices immediately like, that it's out of place. It kind of reminded me of Spongebob episode with the uh, painting uh, where they have to paint Mr. Krabs' house, how he, like, recognizes that there's the one doll of the Dollarama is out of place. Felt like that to me. Like, she immediately notices that her lipstick is slightly out of place. Yeah, so then Darren runs into Carl and Hoodsy while they're waiting for Dwayne on the sidewalk, and he's like, what are you guys doing? He's like, oh, we wake up early to work out. And he's like, what What workout involves standing on the curb at 5 a.m.? And Hoodsy's like, it's a European thing. It hasn't really caught on in the States yet. As Darren bikes away, he says, all right, we'll have fun with Dwayne. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> Hoodsy goes, do you think he knew? <laughs> So yeah, so Dwayne finally picks Carl and Hoodsy up, and they drive all the way up to Pem, um, to Protective Pines, and we see Blake throwing away something in the trash. He throws away his baby blanket, and uh, Carl and Hoodsy actually see Blake running back into the mansion, and so they while they're digging through the garbage, Carl finds the baby blanket, and he thinks of this as the perfect blackmail for Blake. Yeah, and this is another one of those things that I feel like we all had a something as a kid, right, that we carried with us, that we had with us, and 
I don't know why it's such a commonly embarrassing thing for that to come up, but it's like, I don't know, I feel like it, you had to have, or most people, I know I had like a baby blanket of sorts, my brother kept his until it was like literally falling apart, but I don't know why it's like such an embarrassing thing all the time, it's just one of those things you've got. But either way, he's trying to get rid of it. They have it. They decide to pull this sort of a, I don't know, they've got like a speaker in it, this sort of prank on him, and they try to make it seem like it's like alive and are like, why did you abandon me? And sort of throw it up in the, the treehouse at him. Which, of course, he figures it out, thankfully, that they have it and they sort of have uh, blackmail over him now, it seems. So yeah, now Carl and Hoodsy have something against Blake and Blake is told all these demands that he has to do for Carl and Hoodsy, otherwise Carl and Hoodsy will spill the beans that Blake has a baby blanket. And in the meantime, we go back into um, Ginger's plot in which they know that they are forbidden to wear makeup. So they decide that they're going to be creating makeup that they found in a magazine article called, they decide to call it fake up. So they have things like crushed crayons and raspberry pudding and um, gravy and stuff like that. And they're going to make, you know, fake makeup in an easy bake oven and um, then they decide that this is going to be a great loophole for them to wear makeup, even though it's not really makeup. Right. And it's a pretty clever solution, although for all intents and purposes, it is very much still makeup. It's just not conventional makeup. And the fake up name is brilliant. I love the episode title, Kiss and Makeup. Um, it's not really a kiss related episode. I th thought it would be, and that would have been extra clever, but... Anyway, there's enough preteen concepts in this episode. We don't need to throw kissing in there this time. Yeah. Okay, so finally we cut into um, the day that school picture day is happening. And it starts with Courtney having all these pictures taken by the photographer. And Miranda has the fan on. And the photographer is acting like he's like those model photographers saying like, Oh yes, Courtney, the camera loves you. Keep it going. And Courtney's like so over the top with her poses it's just ridiculous and hilarious and i love it yeah it's exactly what you would expect when you picture courtney's picture day right it's over the top it's out of hand it's phenomenal it's great we then lead into uh ginger and them walk in and i think miranda says like are they auditioning for clown school and courtney responds with i have no idea but if they are i have a feeling they're going to get in because their fake up looks horrible. I love that line. It's so sassy and pretty clever. Courtney can be clever. She's clearly intelligent. You just wish she would apply herself. Yeah, then going back over to Blake, <laughs> we have this sort of heist going on, and I love his quote, Blake is playing with his toy knights, and the way he plays with them is he goes, I demand you pay the tariff, Sir Galahad, and it's like, <laughs> Blake, <laughs> do you not know how to have fun? <laughs> yeah, he he knows how to have fun by playing what, like King Arthur, as opposed to like what right. is it? I mean, what is this? Like the year two thousand? So he should have been playing Pokemon, <laughs> like Star Wars or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. No judgment, like we say in our theme song. You know, it's you do you, you do what you what you like. So I I respect that. But he's a weird kid. He got to admit. Yeah, but then again, a lot of the kids, like Carl and Hoodsy, they're weird, but Blake is weird in a different way. For sure. We also get, um, I think around here, but uh, as they're trying to make their demands and everything, Darren actually 
jumps in and says, like, to Carl, like, you're gonna leave him alone, or I'll tell about your stuffed lambie pie named Baba. And Carl gets all defensive. He's like, I don't have a stuffed lamb. I, I was a kid. It was, it was, I barely remember it and stuff, you know, like, gets all defensive about it. So, again, it loops back to that. Everyone kind of had one of those things, and doesn't really make sense to hold it over one person when you have one as well. Yeah, so essentially they sort of, they blackmail Blake, and can we talk about their demands that they make to Blake, where he goes, okay, get rid of the blanket and never bring it up. And uh, Carl goes, all right, Hoodsy, tell him what it's going to take to make that happen. And very formally, like they do, he goes, all right, number one, you, I, I forget the order, but he's like, you have to re-carpet our clubhouse in here. Number two, and he's like, oh, God. Number two, you have to do this. And it's just this long list of demands. Then he says, number four, and it cuts away. <laughs> he's holding a thick stack of index cards, which you can assume that it's a lot of things. Hoodsy is such a funny, like, hype man, sort of, like, bailiff for Carl. He, he's a great enforcer of all of Carl's crazy antics. I also love just how, sof not sophisticated, but they're so smart and crafty and creative. Like, they're talking about, Darren is here, and he overhears that, uh, all of their, or is that later? I'm getting it mixed up. Well, I, we, we've kind of jumped back and forth now. Right, but Darren is kind of peeking in through the gap in the their fortress, and Carl says, Hoodsy, I told you to lower the mini-blinds. And Hoodsy says, I didn't get around to installing them yet. They're, like, in fifth grade, and they have a little house that they made together. Yeah. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, similar to when we were talking last week about Courtney and Macy being in an episode. We have Darren, Carl, and Hoodsy in an episode, which, that is a rare thing, because Darren's either hanging out with uh, Ginger or Dodie or Macy. So, yeah, this is kind of like an interesting twist to, um, you know, having these characters together. Right. And Darren gets pretty brutal. Yeah, like we said, when he mentions the lamb, and he and Carl's like, I don't know, maybe it was a tiger. And he goes, it was a lamb, Carl, and Baba was his name-o. And he just lays it down, not hesitating. Yeah, and skipping ahead past the rest of the ginger stuff, but we do see Carl still has his little lammy, and he, like, pulls it out from under the floorboards, which I thought was super cute. And he, like, grudgingly cuddles it. <laughs> yeah, but... Lois, uh, she runs into the teacher. I forget exactly why, but she's at the school. She's at the school because it, it's parent-teacher night, and she was talking to Mrs. Gordon about Carl's behavior, quote-unquote, and Mrs. Gordon is basically disappointed at Carl with everything, and he, she even has this wonderful line that says, you know, I know a wonderful place that worked miracle for my buttons, though she's a purebred. Oh, and can we talk about, this is going back a bit, but how Blake's mom is looking for his blanket, and she she's saying, cook and seamstress didn't know where it was. Like, she's referring to the people that work for them by their jobs, and it's so disrespectful. I can't get over that, that she doesn't know her own workers' names, and she must call them that to their faces. She also says that that blanket is a family heirloom, which I was like, alrighty. <laughs> like, she's like, you'll give that to your son when you get old enough, and I was like, a blanket man like i feel like that wouldn't last that long either after 
however many babies holding on to it. When Lois is at the school because of um, Carl's parent-teacher night event, and then she runs into Ms. Zorsky, who is holding up an em- who's op- holding up envelopes for all the students who participated in the picture day. She gives Lois uh, her Ginger's pictures, and then she's completely shocked when seeing what Ginger's pictures were with all the makeup. And then she gets really angry at Ginger, and she's com- and she tells her that she's grounded, and she confiscates the fake up and. When she's heating up dinner in the microwave, she grabs the um, gravy foundation, she pours it into the mashed potatoes, and then she takes a bite into it, and then she says, it needs blush. You know, the the blush is made of cranberries, so that's why she said it needed blush, which is actually pretty funny. Oh, I love that line, yeah. Yeah, and so we do get the girls, they kind of look through their pictures, and they're at least all willing to admit, like, wow, these are not what we want them to be, like, these... We look ridiculous. I don't even recognize this girl. So we do get a little bit of the realization that maybe it wasn't the best decision of their lives. Then they even said at least they have a makeup day for taking the pictures so that at least they have a second chance. So that's a good thing. I was so confused when they said that because they called it a makeup day. And I was like, why would they want a makeup day when the makeup was just so disastrous? But (laughs) obviously they mean like an additional day. I took it literally. (laughs) As in, not as in makeup that you put on your face. Makeup as in to make up the day, yes. Of course, yeah. It's just the coincidence is funny. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. All right. uh, So that's the end of that episode. So now we can finally give our ranking of yay, nay, or meh. So what's your thoughts? All right. I'll go first this time. This one, I have the opposite reaction of last week's, and therefore I give it a meh. I enjoyed this episode, I guess. I should say I enjoy the Carl Hoodsy plot. Because I think Dwayne was hilarious as, like, this sort of, like, ridiculous stoner-type garbage man. And I enjoyed that, but I just wasn't as compelled by the ginger side of things this time around. It had nothing to do with the makeup topic or anything. I just, something about it didn't grab me as much as other episodes. Yeah, I think I'll copy you on that one with the meh. And I I don't know why exactly either, because I definitely, like I said, it's something that I could relate to. But something about it wasn't quite as interesting to me as a conflict. Maybe it was just that, like, the stakes were so much lower than in other episodes. You know, like, it was just, like, they got some bad pictures, but they can redo them. Like, there wasn't as much, like, conflict conflict for me. Definitely didn't dislike the episode. Definitely had some really enjoyable moments, but not quite as compelling and exciting as them debating whether or not to tell Courtney and their whole social lives being ruined by the the whole bikini situation of last week. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it a meh as well. Not that I didn't like this episode, and not that I didn't find it relatable. I mean, look at my picture. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, there, I, I do feel like it, it does play off the stereotypical plot about old-school pictures, but, yeah, the stakes are a little bit lower this time around compared to last week in which somebody is being de-bikinied. So, yeah, and also Carlin Hoodsy's plot is pretty enjoyable. And I even like the fact that Darren is involved with Carlin Hoodsy's plot, which he's normally not, you know, that's actually a pretty cool thing to discuss about but yeah um yeah it's a good episode probably not it's not the best though so yeah i'm gonna have to give it a rating of meh all right so that pretty much sums up everything for this week be sure to check out our forums at we're in betweenfreeforumsnet where you can follow along with us give us all of your comments as episodes go by and again you can see at least patricia's if i can get one up there we'll we'll see my school pictures as well and yeah follow along with us there next week we will be discussing episode 11 which is the a ticket (laughs) 